Welcome, everybody. Today, we're talking with Chris Chung, who is, um, well, we'll just put it politely, making millions in the children's clothing space. Uh, I believe it's actually an eight-figure business now, scaled from seven. So um, on the back of Facebook ads, he also is a Facebook ads MBA program grad. But without any further ado, I'll let the man speak for himself. Uh, hey, Chris, how you doing? Hi, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. It, it's great to get to see you. You know, we've been chatting for the last few months through the Facebook Ads MBA program on our weekly calls, some of our one-on-ones, all sorts of fun stuff like that. But um, I, I think it'd be great for, you know, people to get to know sort of through your own words, um, just who you are and what it is you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, everybody. My name is Chris Chung. I help companies scale, um, usually e-commerce um, or software as a service. Uh, I've been running Google ads since 2002 and building online businesses since then. Um, and everything's been going great lately since uh, we've learned how to make Facebook ads work again since the iOS uh, changes. So uh, the, the company, to give you a little backstory of the company I'm working for now, uh, Gomi Kids is a baby clothes brand. And I started um, at the beginning of 2020. And at that time, it was about a $2 million a year business. And over the pandemic, we grew it to uh, just under $11 million, uh, with social media, uh, both influencers and paid social. And things were going pretty good in 2020. Uh, and then all the iOS challenges started happening. And we completely lost the ad account. And this was an ad account where we're spending like 50 to 80 grand a month um, on ads. Uh, and it was a profitable return, but after iOS, the whole thing fell apart. Um, so what we ended up doing was redirecting all of our budget into organic influencers um, while I tried to figure out how to get Facebook ads to be profitable again. And um, I was not able to do that for about an entire year. And then I came across Charlie and his program, and he claimed to have a, a methodology to make it work. And I was willing to to invest in that and see if it did and it and it does it absolutely does work um so thank you for that uh thank you for helping us get our six figure ad account working again in in the, over a three-month period which is fantastic during the summer too right yeah yeah when uh, apparently nobody yeah. was able to make anything work in a year where scaling is impossible and ios 14 completely tanked uh six there's a way to make account. it work yeah yeah way to make it work. Your business why yep. not right um, I, I, and that's always great to hear what things look like now, but I, I'm curious, what were things like, what was that process? Cause you said, you know, that you guys were successful. Then the iOS 14 thing happened and you leaned way into influencer pieces and a lot of that, but I'm curious, like, what was that path like? Cause I feel like a lot of folks have hit that pain point. And, and I remember when we were doing influencer stuff early on, you and me, like you had a lot of it going on and. I think it'd be really helpful for people to understand just even before you got Facebook figured out, what was that pivot like for you? Yeah. I mean, it was scary as heck, right? We went from a business that was generating, let me just give you some numbers here. Uh, yeah. A hundred thousand a month um, in sales off of these, these ad channels to zero uh, in a pretty quick period of time over a, you know, I'm um, looking at my data here. By by July of last year, the, the account had totally been dead. Um, so January 2021, we were we we're doing over 150,000 in sales off Facebook, Instagram ads, and then by June, July, that had gone to zero, which was very scary, um, very scary for the cash flow, especially since 
in our business, we've also increased inventory um, because of the, the way physical products work. Um, so yeah, that's very scary, but um, you know, we had organic influencers that were starting to work. So we said, all right, well, we'll just take all that ad budget and onboard hundreds of new influencers a month. And that, that did help us recover a bit, but not all the way. Um, and then around uh, January of this year, we, I tried it again, $50,000 budget, it didn't work. Um, the ROI was like barely there. Uh, gave up on it again, and then I think I found your, your, you in um, March or May or April or something. I think it was March, yeah, March of 2020, and got into the program, uh, implemented everything really fast, probably a little too fast. Uh, I remember you saying, hey, slow down on it a little bit, give it, give it a little bit of time for it to get a data read, but um, yeah, the, the system worked, uh, and within three months, we had it back. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I mean, I think that, um, you know, that, that turnaround, I, I think of that, that, I mean, first off, you're talking a six figure drop, right? I mean, that is terrifying, right? Like, yeah. And I can't tell you how many folks have had that same problem. Right. And I'm curious, what about what you were doing didn't work anymore? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So, so, Previously, we were running your typical um, strategy that was used like prior to 2019, which meant a lot of very segmented audiences, um, a very complex campaign structure, um, tests all running all over the place, um, lots of retargeting and trying to do all these behavioral triggers and this and that trying to slice and dice the audiences a million different ways. Um, and we'd find, oh, I could get it to work at a low scale, but then you start turning up the volume and the whole thing would fall apart. Um, so it was extremely unstable. It was a lot of work to maintain. Um, during those during that time, like I spent all entire my, my entire time uh, pretty much messing around with Facebook ads, trying to get it to work, uh, constantly turning things on and off and all this and that. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a more than full-time job because we actually had employees helping out on this account too um fast forward to today i probably spend an hour a day if that and and no employees um participating in the management of the account they're all focused on generating creative which is fantastic yeah i mean i i, I love that like the idea that it went from uh, what one and a half to fte full to full-time equivalency mm -hmm. across everybody yeah so at 150K to zero, that lifespan was working two full-time equivalency jobs across multiple team members with a TOF, BOF, MOF, all, hard all level stuff. of yep. work. Yep. And now you work maybe an hour a day. And yep. what does that monthly look like now? Uh, this month we are at a place where we are spending around 40,000 and making 160 in revenue. Uh, so the, the, not only, yeah, I mean, the cost per sale has gone down substantially, um, down from like 50, 50 bucks down to like, uh, I'm gonna say average is about 16 right now, 16 to 18. Uh, so, I mean, that's fantastic. Just getting almost three times as many customers for the same price. On top of that, a structure that you don't have to worry about all the time. Uh, so you can actually focus on some other business problems like increasing LTV, 
uh, and what was the other one we were, yeah, I mean, really increasing LTVs. Like when, once you get your ad account stabilized, focus on LTV. That's like, that's the name of the game. Oh, I love that. I, I love that. And, and it's funny in today's lecture, actually inside mm -hmm. the program, we talked about that a lot. Yep. Uh, cause we have a lecture by the way, for everybody inside the Facebook ads MBA program, every week we have a lecture with Q and a, this one lasted almost two hours, uh, which was, which was great. Um, and those are all recorded and searchable in mm -hmm. archive and in archive for everybody to, to respond to and, you know, getting those answers. But we yeah, we had a 30 minute thing just on vertical integration, second purchase rate, rebuttal upsells, those LTV things to help out that PSM calculation, which is, yeah. I mean, yep. what you need to scale a business, right? Yeah, I you got to know those numbers. I mean, if you don't know those, those numbers, you could very easily spend money and get a lot of revenue. But at the end of the day, your bank account's negative. Um, yeah, yeah. Good. And for that matter, I'm curious, what metrics, what numbers were you looking at? What were you spending your time doing outside of the day-to-day -day work mm -hmm. back when it was the two people working full-time getting you from 150K a month to zero? Mm -hmm. What were the metrics you valued then? And what yeah. are you working on now that you're at the hour a day for effectively a 4X LTV return? Yeah, yeah. So previously what we were doing was split testing a lot of creative and trying to find like the one winning ad. Uh, you know, there was this idea that, all right, we're going to find an, an ad that will make everything work magically. And that was def or, or the magic audience, right? So it was, it, was, it was trying to find both at the same time, which is difficult, right? Oh, man, I'm going to find this perfect ad that makes all this money. And oh, I'm going to match it to this perfect audience. That's going to be so highly responsive. And we, we never found it. We never found it, and we chased our tails a lot. Um, versus a, the the methodology you, you teach, where it's more of an ecosystem, and we're not we're not trying to rely on one ad to do all the work. We I, we look at it as like, you know, I I think of it now as like a sales team, right? Because I used to manage sales teams, so I, I look at my ad account as a sales team. How many ad, how many how many salespeople are out on Instagram working for me, and how much can each one bring in every day? And what's the limit of each one's ability, you know, based on the creative. And uh, yeah, over time, we've grown a library of over 100 ads now that work. Um, and we're not so, we're not dependent on one ad at all. Um, and it's much more stable. And, yeah, and I think the other thing I'll say is um, letting the AI just do its job. You know, like for many years, I, I started out with Google in 2002. So there's this idea that you can outsmart the algorithms. Anyone who's been doing ads, you know, if you started before maybe 2015, you might have the mindset that you can outsmart the algorithm, and that's definitely not the case. Um, so, like, one of the key things for your program is, like, learning how to work the algorithm and embrace it and let it do its job um, and not handcuff it. Um, and that has made a substantial difference. Yeah. No, I, I love that you said that because I feel like so many people, and maybe we can expand on that a little bit more here, but, like, so many people focus on outsmarting the machine or, or even more what I hear is people say this thing and it bothers me every time because it just means they've been taught so poorly by somebody else that doesn't care about them. It's the way I view it. They think face it's in Facebook's best interest to take all of my money. And, and like it's somehow set up for it to be a system that is a predatory environment for marketers. That like it's somehow Facebook's best interest to steal your money and make you be unsuccessful. Um, and, and I'm just curious, like, 
the way that you're managing it now, you were just saying like, that's not how you feel about things anymore. And that's definitely not what you're seeing. So instead, like, how are you leaning into the AI? So if we take the pivot from focusing on how to hack Facebook because they're trying to steal my money and I'm smarter than them to now making 4X the return that you used to on effectively one like 80th of the workload, what does that look like for you and what you're valuing? Yeah, yeah. So so before um, we spent a lot of time trying to, trying to hack the system, right? And there was this idea that um, maybe we thought our ad, our ad creative was really top notch, but that just wasn't the case. So when you come into the situation um, thinking like, oh yeah, these are the right ads, um, and you don't have a methodology to really confirm that, uh, which I didn't, uh, and you do, um, you then have to resort to trying to hack the system. Whereas uh, if you were to lean into the system and lean into the machine learning and the AI um, and just accept that you can't beat it, that's very freeing in that you now know like, no, it's the creative, man. It's the message. It's the creative. It's the message. It's the offer. If it's not working, you haven't fixed those things um, or the customer journey, like just the landing page, all that stuff. But those, those four things, right? It gives you the time to focus on those things. And then once you get those stabilized, you can focus on even bigger things like increasing LTV. Yeah. Um, working yeah. on the business model, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Improving the business model, right? There's a lot of work that we can be do doing to improve the business model when we're not messing around with audiences and lookalikes and exclusions and all this and that all day. Yeah, long. all of that stuff. That, I mean, I feel like marketers were taught to value those things because we're several generations into Facebook advertisers that learn from Google advertisers that kind of mm -hmm. learn from email folks. Yep. And we just still haven't gotten through to the point where people understand that audiences don't matter. Yeah. The and, AI can handle it. Is a lot. What's that? Yeah. The, the AI will handle it. They, they will know it. I mean, that think about that. Like, like the whole point of social media, what, like why do you have these like 21 year old kids blowing up on TikTok or Instagram or what any of these social networks is that they're putting out, I mean, they don't know how to add, run ads and do all this stuff yet. They're getting millions of views is because they have a methodology to test creative and they, test a lot of creative and they're giving the AI what or the, the network what it wants, right? Which is people that want to engage with the content. And hopefully that leads to a business objective, but you know, not always. Um, yeah. I mean, not always. And, and, and to back that up, like, I think it was like four to six months ago, I saw everybody saying, you know, what's really working right now is running your best organic TikToks as Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, so you mean, Running content that is really good at earning attention and driving engagement might be a good advertisement. Like, <laughs> we've known that for years. Yeah. But the idea that that is a disruptive trend in the advertising world just speaks to so much of, I think, how far behind so many people are, to be completely honest. I mean, just, just my view, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, and technology is changing pretty fast. Like I remember when I when I started in direct response, you know, if you wanted to test a video, like you kind of could only do one video because it costs so much to make the dang video. And now now sure. I can go find hundreds of uh, twenty to thirty year olds who are willing to produce video content for very for for exchange for like two hundred bucks of free clothing. 
Uh, sure. This is what we do. And that, that's how we get all these videos. And it's fantastic. Um, it doesn't need to be this like highly produced like infomercial. Like, yeah, I mean, like an infomercial used to cost like 100 grand to make. And now on social media, we can do the same thing with like a million small videos. Um, so. Yeah. And, and I'm curious, just like to that point, because a lot of folks are asking, like, how do I get content? How am I getting videos? How am I getting this stuff? And, and knowing like you kind of dropped a little bit there where you're paying people a couple hundred bucks to kind of shoot videos for you and all of that. But what is the process you're using right now to sort of outsource content development? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so we have an interesting business model, like behind the scenes in the company in that I'm actually trying to crowdsource customer acquisition because we live in a world where there's extreme diversity um, and that diversity needs to be represented. We also live in a world where there's a lot of young people that want to be creators. Um, and we're, we lean into that. We support that community. We want them to, to be able to create and earn incomes on the side. Um, specifically in our audience, we're selling baby clothes. So there's a lot of stay-at-home moms that are excellent video producers, content creators that um, can be supported uh, not with not great expense on our side, um, but they produce great content and they get rewarded from it um, through affiliate commissions that we, we have an influencer affiliate program that's very tightly integrated with our paid ads, um, meaning that I actually run ads with their content um, and give them link like the link trackers in the ads. Yeah, I love that. And I've been doing, you know, I've, we've been doing, I, I've been personally doing that kind of stuff for years, you know, making small communities if you're elite mm -hmm. people. I think we've even talked about that, like another yeah. way of like rewarding those individuals. And um, I mean, even in, 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 in my clothing brand that I've managed, you know, where we went from, I mean, it was a, about a $1 million brand and now we're on an eight figure run rate since January. Yeah. And, and a lot of the stuff that we do is, is very much just like, we make a product and I feel like you guys do the same thing. You make a product. And let me ask a few points on this and you just give me mm -hmm. a yes or no. You make a product that people love. Absolutely. And then you get folks who are advocates for your brand. Yes. And you are as a matter of business practice, championing those advocates in a way where they feel love from you. And makes other people identify with those advocates. Ab absolutely. Yeah. And and then and if you do all those three things, you're going to start attracting a lot of top talent. Um, because there's a lot of people out there that want to make money on their phone. And I think it's fantastic. It's amazing. You can create all this content with just an iPhone in your pocket. Man, I used to have like 40, 40 grand worth of video stuff to like do all this stuff. And now I get to do it with my iPhone 12. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 stunning what you can do with like the filter on TikTok or or Instagram or just. And to be fair too, we might we probably have to talk about this maybe offline. I got a couple of startups I'm working with that uh, I got one that's. All right, we'll have to talk about this other thing that I got. Yeah. Like, it'll be an cool. MBA program. Not to tease everybody, but I just realized that like, <laughs> not available to everybody. But I might be able to you know slide yeah. you something that where somebody kind of handles that and then edits for you and then just delivers it Ooh. as a commission. Yeah. yeah that'd be we'll, cool. we'll talk about that. We'll talk about yeah. that offline. That's, uh, I mean, that's the benefit day. of being in a network of other, of, of other, and it's not just e-com it's, it's just media, people growing businesses on social. Um, and yeah, there's a great community. We haven't touched on that fantastic community of other people who are experiencing the same things, or maybe who've already solved the challenge that you're trying to solve which is fantastic. I'd much rather learn by um, modeling someone else's success than trial and error. So yeah, great value there. 
and, and talking about that community, because I feel like, and we're talking about here, by the way, everybody, the, the Facebook ads MBA program community, we have a private Facebook group that's basically for everybody that's gone through the program. Um, and, and I just made it a Facebook group because you need a Facebook account to run ads and not everybody wants Slack or Discord and you know, we get high and mighty or just, plus if you make it a Facebook group, they'll pay for the video hosting. So like, why not? But there's several hours of content in there all the, every week. So might as well let them do it. Um, but with that community, I, I'm curious, like if you had to give me top three things that you got out of the Facebook ads, commu- uh, the Facebook ads MBA program community, what would they be? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, let's see. V- like validation that the strategy is correct before you run it. Um, I think is a big thing because when we talk about uh, testing new ideas, um, yeah, it costs money to run these ads. It costs money to run these tests. So having um, people able to say, yeah, I did this thing and it it totally worked, or I did this thing and it kind of worked, but you should try this. Um, So I say that's one. Um, Getting introduced to like up and coming tech that you might not know about yet, but is amazing um, is another one. So there's, there's many technologies like triple where well, I was unaware of. Um, so yeah, getting introductions to that kind of thing. And then just general business, like being able to see what they're doing, what's working in their businesses, what I should say offers uh, more, more than just general business. What offers are they running specifically and how can I translate those offers to my business? Um, when we talk about, is it better to run things like buy three, get one free um, versus a percentage discount? Um, we're in a community of master marketers who are looking beyond just like, oh, I'm getting this return on my uh, ads. It's they're they're actually building real businesses, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, and, and and I love that you said that the the just the return on the ads. Like, I can't tell you how many premium communities we have out there where it's, and I think when when I when when you and I talked, you might have seen a couple of these too, where it's uh, um some ad agency where their kids are testing all the same things you saw on Twitter and reporting back what got a nice report. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't actually mean that any of those 25 year old people that have never run a business have any clue about your bottom line, or you have marketers that are super motivated to make sure that their creative wins and they're really smart and, or they're pushing for the biggest ROAS and they say, well, we got a 10 X ROAS. And I say, great. So why is your company going out of business? Like, cause like, I, I don't know about you, but I've made ad accounts where the business was so profitable on Facebook that like they had to close up shop because they weren't worried about cash flow and inventory and process and development. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like the, the, the stuff in the Facebook ads MBA program, just that community. Like, I love it. Like you're talking about the tech and the tools and the people. And I think something you touched on, and I'd love to know more about just your experience and what you've seen because I feel like everybody that goes to the MBA program, like they always just say like community, the community, community, like that's like, that is above and beyond the curriculum, which is great. And the direct support, which is great. That community is like everything. Um, mm-hmm. What is like, like what is some of the experience that you've had? Like if you've had a question or you've seen things like, how are you using it? Are you actively using it as sort of a resource to lean into? And, and what does that look like more for you when you're trying to just solve problems or see what's out there as far as opportunity is concerned? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times I'll be listening to the questions that are asked um, in the Q&A. And 
I'm, someone's going to ask a question that's something I might not have considered yet um, or ha it wasn't on my radar or like just didn't, you know, not, not thinking about it. And then I'll hear that question like, hey, you know, actually we do have that problem in our business. Maybe we do need to address that or maybe I need to focus on that a little bit more. Um, it's just really good to see see what everyone else is doing, right? I mean, I mean that that yeah. was, and I'll I'll back it up maybe a little bit. When when I was as a consultant before I started working like exclusively with like one or two companies at a time, you know, I used to go work with like ten or twenty companies at a time, right? And I get to see what's going on in all their businesses, and yeah, I was, you get that transparency and that feedback back and forth, right? Yeah, and you could yeah you could see what's going on and say, oh, you're having this problem, you're having this problem, you're having this problem. Well, if I can solve it once for all three of you or all five of you. That's great. And, you know, when we get 30 ad guys together, we're all building businesses on the Internet. Like there's going to be some similar problems and somebody's probably found an elegant solution, which is fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I, I would say the same thing. And it's interesting, too, because I can't tell you how many men and women in the program have come from being clients of other agencies or taking courses or training or masterminds or whatever from a lot of these other folks out there. And so often, I mean, I see it because I see, you know, dozens of ad accounts and problems every week, right? That like you see the same thing that somebody's talking about online. You get to see other folks trying it out. So that FOMO is gone. Mm -hmm. And that confidence in your decision making, because it's like, oh, is that a good idea? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But oh, by the way, I never need to do that because of X, Y, and Z. It's, it's a complete waste of my time. And I think that that confidence and that context is so tremendously important because I can tell you the biggest thing that I get asked by people that want to join the MBA program, because I interview everybody that does, is the biggest need is can we scale with confidence and know that we're making the right decision? Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge deal. It's, I mean, especially in a physical product business, because before you even did make that decision to scale, you probably had to go buy inventory. And that could have easily been a hundred grand or even 500 grand in the case of our business. Like you got to be pretty confident to make that money. And you got to buy that inventory three, three to six months in advance. So you better be yeah. confident. Yeah. And knowing what steps to take, right. And it's not like what magic button to hit. It's not like what magic audience or ad is going to make it work. But instead, it's things that we talk about like LTV, profitable yep. scaling margin, right? Like how do I confidently know what move to make, right? And so with that being said, I'm curious, what are you doing right now that has gotten you to that place where you're comfortable driving that 160K or more? What are those, mm -hmm. what does that decision process look like for you now? Maybe even like yeah. kind of what is that architecture that you're using? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the architecture is we now have a library of about 100 ads running and, and um, I am, and, and they all work. They all work, right? Otherwise they get cut pretty fast. But we've, we've got 100 winners and we're no longer in a situation where, remember before, if, if my previous methodology was that we're going to find the, the best winning ad and run it as hard as we can, that's an unstable business, right? I mean, that'd be like having a team of, like, let's say you had a restaurant, you had a 20-person service team or a one-person service team, right? You're trying to run this restaurant with one employee. That employee gets sick, like, you're out of, out of luck, right? Let's say you have a team of 20. All right, someone can cover, right? So what we're I'm actively doing now is actually optimizing for 
for profitability because we've achieved a scale that's sufficient. Um, and now we're going to profit, optimize for profitability for a little bit, and then we'll go increase scale again in November. Um, but it's wonderful for me to be able to look at the ad account and see 100 ads that are working and be confident and able to kill the worst three and not worry about it, which was not the case before. Before we'd have like one or three ads that were heavily working, driving all the result. And like, if anything, let's say that product went out of stock or um, we had to discontinue that ad for whatever reason, like there was an immediate revenue loss. And now that like, I don't see any dip in revenue, I can kill three ads if they're coming in higher than average uh, cost per result. And then the rest of the ones pick up the slack. And meanwhile, we have another methodology to test and introduce those ads into production. Um, so I'm not worried about it. We got a steady stream of, of ads coming in, of new content and methodology to test it and not waste money. Um, so yeah, it's great. I, th I think we'll be able to build it up even more. And then you know, once, once we get the ROI, ROI better, we can scale it up a little bit more and afford to let the ROI or the yeah return cost go up because we're getting more scale, which is that happens. Yeah, um, it's expected, yeah. right? And I, I can plan for it, right? I can totally plan for it. Um, yeah, and, and to be to talk about that planning for it, like how many marketers are still reacting to information they got from the dashboard yesterday? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like yeah, probably a lot. And, and that is what I used to do is like constant managing on the daily. Um, and now it's just like, all right, we're going to look at a 30 day look back, go check it, mess around with it for, you know, I basically spent like 30 minutes looking at it and thinking, okay, what am I going to do? Plan out my moves, be a little bit more strategic. And then I might make one move and it might just be like, zap that one ad and that's it. We're going to, that's the only move we're making this today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we talk about it all the time about, about it's not just, architecture and and account management but it's also like team and time and like understanding what's going to have an impact right like mm -hmm. if you have a thousand moving parts and any one of them might be responsible for just a five percent of your spend or that one ad that is 90 percent, and you have this huge either massively complex system or massive exposure to risk because all of your investment is one place that you don't have confidence in and that is wildly unstable mm -hmm. you're panicking basically every morning of what do i do and, and you end up being a day trader yeah right? no it was like, it was very much like day trading absolutely you'd have to I'd check it like five times a day and spend like 30 minutes in it each time like it'd be, it was crazy oh, and yeah. then the uh, the other thing i'll mention was um that methodology led to some ads that worked really well but the brand they were not good for the brand they were liabilities to the brand even though they're yeah. profitable it was a liability to the brand because of the messaging was not on brand or the um we had to exercise like deep discounts or anything like that right it was it was not the right creative and we we're kind of handcuffed into running it and my brand director would always hate it yep. they'd all be complaining about these ads that were crap that the agency made like they weren't on brand at all and it wasn't it wasn't how we wanted to introduce ourselves to the market but like because it was profitable we were kind of forced to do it yeah. whereas now like that's not the case all of our, our ads are just beautiful and diverse and sourced from hundreds of stay-at-home moms who are great videographers it's wonderful yeah which is which is great i mean when you are able to i mean at the end of the day it's sort of this it's this it's this sort of this flywheel of Social media is about giving users an enjoyable or valuable experience on their phone or computer. 
generally what people, what content, what the, the content that people want to see gets seen by more people, right? And, I mean, for instance, TikTok is, is massive to that, right? It's the most aggressive. But Instagram is the same thing. I, like I did a reel of me and my wife on travel with my Instagram account. And I've got like a thousand followers or something like that. And it got half a million views. Oh, like, wow. You know, it was, it was, it was, I mean, it destroyed my phone for like a week. It, like, it, was, it was weird. It was bizarre. Um, it was just ping, 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 ping. I had to turn off. No, like, it was weird. I could not be a celebrity. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was wild. Uh, you just had to turn off notifications, I guess. But like, I also like notifications. So whatever. Um, but the point is like, that was something that somebody wanted to see. You know, it was me and my wife in the Alps, just like on this like fun, you know, breakfast in bed thing. But the reason that that ad got seen by so many people is because people wanted to see it. And yeah. generally speaking, we see a trend of what people, the type of entertainment that people enjoy the most is seeing other people. Mm -hmm. And so when we compare, when we can pair the idea of folks seeing other people so they have a pleasurable experience and we can become algorithmically aligned with Facebook's need of that to also making sure that we are showing them something that's beneficial to our business. Yeah. When our business objectives are matched to Facebook's business objectives and Facebook gets smarter every single day, it's exceptionally difficult for our business to not get better along with it. I mean, they, at least that's yeah. my view. I mean, I don't know if you've seen that same, uh, had that same experience. Uh, I've had a, the same experience, uh, like elaborate on a little bit more. Um, you know, people are addicted to story, okay? And mm -hmm. how do you make a product increase the perceived value of a product? It's by telling a great story about the product. So getting that content um, on social media is likely to result in what Facebook wants and what you want. Um, so then, you know, how do you do it? Well, step one is to get the ad account stabilized so you can actually have some time to focus on writing stories and getting people to storytell, right? Um, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's 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 all story. Like, it not nobody wants to see buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Oh, now it's forty percent off. Like that's terrible. Right? That's, build a brand that's not going to give you good margin. What you want is a really great, engaging story that speaks to the emotional thing the product delivers. Uh, which yeah. in our case is cozy moments with your young baby because they're not young forever. Yeah. I mean, and then that is just, I mean, how is that like, you, I mean, you put it in a sentence, clearly you've written a few yeah. copy, yeah. but like, yeah. I mean, like, how is that? And if you're a mom or a, a dad with a young kid and, mm -hmm. and like you see, because I also think feel like people tend to spend their money to achieve an aspiration, right? Like, yes. You spend your money to get a lifestyle that you want. That's a general gist of things. Yes. And when you are able to make ads, and this is one reason why, like, I see this big debate of like, well, TikToks work or static ads work or this or that. And it's, no, it's the storytelling function. And to your point before, you have a lot of ads. Some ads appeal to some people, some ads appeal to others, and you do need to have a mix. Yep. And one of the reasons that, I think you guys have seen such success in that creative type is it is an emotion that can be conveyed in a second when you see yeah when you see that cute baby child. like in the little thing with the with the hat and all this stuff it like it, yeah. it takes it, 
Yeah. It's super aspirational, right? Because if you're if you're if you haven't had your baby, let's say you're a third trimester mo- uh, mom to be, you're aspirate that that's all you're aspiring about for the th- the entire three months, for probably for the six months of the pregnancy, the last six months. It's it's that that moment, right? And then um, on the flip side, let's say you have kids and maybe they're like two, three, five, six, seven, like my kids are now. Like that, it does take you back. It takes you back, yeah. and you get that that the. Uh, the nostalgia, the feeling of nostalgia and sentimentality, and it's like, oh yeah, that was a cozy moment. Okay, I'm gonna buy these fifty dollars PJs for my for my daughter, and we can have another snuggle time. Yeah, yeah. That, that's totally what it is. And, and to be fair too, like, and and this is part of the thing that goes into advertising and why targeting is a big liability and all this stuff. Like, ultimately, we're trying to give Facebook the opportunity of creating better quality user experiences for their users. Yeah. And if you can make an ad, even if I, I mean, I, I don't have children. I'm, we're working on it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It'll be, it'll be sooner than later. I, I, I assure you. But like if I had a seven year old or a 10 year old and I see content that makes me, gives me that feel from when it was a newborn, when it was a toddler, I'm going to enjoy that content. And what that means is because that ad is a better allocation of in, in inventory for Facebook, you're going to get that ad shown to way more people. Now, not every one of them is a good customer, but when you, you know, for instance, that video, they got half a million people. Honestly, there's probably about 200 of my friends that really wanted to see it. There's also probably about 200,000 people that might've watched it. Cause like, Oh, I want to do that. But I would never have reached them if the other 300,000 people weren't like, oh, my God, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And like earning that reach and, and, and thinking of paid ads as a basically an earned reach platform and just caring about people's experience with the brand. I, I feel like that's just such a tragically overlooked mindset that brands really need to be focusing in on. And to kind of take this back. The way that we test ads, the way that we talk about the Facebook ads, MBA program to Golden Bear and dynamic creatives and all of that. You're also taking the guessing work out of all of that investment. And that means that you're able to just so much more effectively invest in the development of high confidence assets that can handle tremendous scale with stability. I mean that's the yeah, design. That that that's totally the key, right? You scale with stability. Yeah. And and then and yeah, and we need to like as marketers, we have to find stories that people want to step into that relate to our product. Um and if we can do that, they will they will do so. Um and that is what Facebook wants as well, is content where you kind of get lost in and dreaming and aspiring and um and ultimately if you can do that uh and make a profit on it you're getting all this extra brand building benefit at really no cost or no additional yeah. cost. Right. Because it's, it's gravy. It's, it's the icing on the cake that uh, I can have ads that, you know, be, can be shown to millions of people, quite honestly, millions of people per month, uh, maybe even per week actually. Um, and they're profitable. Right. Yeah. So that, all that, all that extra lift is great. Whereas, um, you know, an ad that's like transactional, it can't be shown to all that many people because it has to be shown to people who know what the thing is. Yeah, they have to be ready to go. Yeah. And, and 
like even when you get to the argument of like one day click versus seven day click one day view and all this stuff and people are like why do I, i'm not getting incremental sales it's like i don't care like about each individual impression being there to drive an extra transaction what i care about more than anything is can i set myself up so my, the machine is constantly driving positive sentiment and creating yeah. intent and awareness and market saturation because for the 400,000 people I reach that just think that something is cool. I'm also probably reaching an extra 50,000 who might be in market that I never would have reached otherwise. Yeah. And if I get to reach them for a cheaper price, because Facebook says my content is desirable and my CPMs continue to go down. That's a good thing. And above and beyond that, when your content is really good, we also see a situation where you are going to get premium inventory on those impressions. Like if you're, if you and I are both running a brand and you've got all this beautiful stuff and I'm buy now, buy now, buy now, I might've curated somebody's customer journey and you've got a piece of content that user is probably going to like to see that's in market. You're going to come in at the last second and just steal that sale from me. Like the conquest and capability of just putting the customer user experience first is just so tremendously undervalued. I think I, I just oh, don't absolutely. Like people understand that that happens. Well, I think a lot of marketers um, might not realize how the customer journey really works on social, which is they're totally going to, they're going to see a piece of content and some people are going to click the website. Great. And a lot of people are just going to visit the profile. And if that profile is also loaded up with great stories, then that person's going to stay in your profile and maybe watch five or 10 of your videos. And that is signaling back to the AI. They like this brand, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a free, free exposure, right? So I might've paid for that first impression, but then they go in the profile and they impress themselves 10 more times with all these videos. Tremendous value that you don't get that with TV. You don't get that with direct mail. No. And you're also getting, they probably sign up for an email. They might search something. They might share with their friends. They're commenting. Like people say you have to have a positive ROAS to scale a brand on Facebook. I say ROAS is a completely nonsense metric that serves as nothing other than a distraction because it's basically predicated on a lie just to boost the ego of the market. And that's taking a very long ended. Like, yeah, thing. no, that's the dream, right? That's like a, what, um, Oh, shoot, what's his name? Seth Godin always talks about how like ads, when, when ads work, it's magical. And you're like, all right, well, if I can get a 3X ROI and then I can spend a million dollars, all right, well, can I spend 2 million, right? And you're like, oh, there's a linear path to success. And that's really appealing to a lot of executives and investors and uh, founders. But that's not usually how it actually ends up working in practice. Yeah. And, and to that point about everything that you said, maybe that one ad loses 50 cents on the dollar on transaction one today. But all of those other clicks and impressions that drove somebody through experiencing the brand and getting it in the feed and seeing more organic stuff and searching and opening emails drove five more sales. Yeah. So you lost 50 cents to make $10? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll throw 50 cents at people on the street all day long if I know I'm going to get a $10 bill for it. Like, Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's something, yeah, we haven't touched on that yet. Like you have a system, a very specific methodology for tracking omni or multiple channel marketing and being able to see incremental lift across multiple channels, which every e-commerce brand I've ever talked to is running at least three ad networks, plus email, plus SMS, plus this and that. It can be complicated. 
And um, yeah, I mean, I, we didn't talk, I don't think I told you this one. So using that methodology, we, we determined that Google ads just didn't provide any incremental lift and I just turned them all off. And we, now we save 20 grand a month on Google ads. So we're not but, spending 20 but, grand a month. Chris, you're not getting those reports that say you made a 30 X ROAS on, 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 that's what it said on Google. You look at the Google network. It'd be like, Oh, you got an eight X ROAS on this thing. It's like, I, I seriously doubt people are searching our name because, because they know about us. I know they're searching it because they saw us on IG. Um, so yeah, we just did a holdback test, turned the thing off for two weeks. Nothing happened. Great. Now there's another 20 grand I put into Instagram. Uh, the same thing was true with a, a different ad network called Critio, which if uh, people don't know oh, what yeah, that is, it's like, I know them. that's for yeah. like advertising on like target.com. We sell on target uh, and other, other websites. It's more of like a programmatic display thing, but, but anyway, uh, that also did nothing. And we were also spending a thousand dollars a month on that. Um, so yeah, doing, running yeah, these the reports this system look great. Yeah, that was great. They're like, oh, 5X row has all this stuff. And it's like, is it really generating commercial lift? Turn the thing off for two weeks. Nothing happened. All right, great. Reallocate the budget to something that's actually working. Yeah, and what you're talking about here is the ecosystem ROAS doc, which yep. is like the omni-channel version of the Scrum doc. And like the fact that you can see that, people are like, well, attribution's broken. Like, no, it's not. And they're like, well, I can't trust platform data. You absolutely can. Um, and like, oh, I need high tech software to do it. This is a Google sheet that takes five minutes a day. Like the fact that you are saving thousands of dollars in scaling spend where you're getting incremental lift because you spent five, 10, maybe 20 minutes a day, a couple days a week, filling out a Google sheet with platform level data with extreme confidence and proving those numbers out over and over again, like multiple examples oh, yeah. of that happening. Yeah, no, like it, the, the return on the investment of this program has been phenomenal. Like, I mean, I just told you, like we're saving like 40 to 60 grand a month. So that's a fantastic ROI on, on yeah, your program. program. Not 40 to $60,000. It's not a out. It's very reasonable. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I appreciate all that. I think just like to kind of wrap things up a little bit, I, I'm just curious as to like, with this experience of the program, you know, the Facebook ads MBA program that we're talking about here and just where that's taken you. Um, I'm just really curious at this point, if you could let me know sort of just what are your top, I don't know, three takeaways of just like, this is what I got out of it. And just letting other people know that value. What are your top favorite yeah. pieces of the Facebook ads MBA program that is now paid for it, that investment in spades for the rest of your life? Yeah, yeah. So so the the highest ROI one was is actually the ecosystem ROAS methodology, um, a system to track where you're spending across five, six, seven, eight different marketing channels, email, SMS, affiliates, influencers, you know, four different ad networks to be able to see what the hell's actually going on when you're spending like a hundred grand a month. That was been, that's a huge win. Um, and also um, it's a very useful document for communicating across your organization on what's going on. So we, I just use that. That's my, my weekly report to the CEO. And uh, now we just go through that. Um, there's no longer like 20 different things I have to go compile to do a report. Uh, the second one would be just the mindset or the 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 confidence in knowing like you can't outsmart the AI like because you know you got all these great stories of actually working directly with Facebook developers and and they paid they gave you money and you tried to outsmart the AI and it you couldn't so knowing that like hey you can't outsmart the AI focus on your creative and focus on your your business 
um, that has been really key. Because um, if, you, if you're not embracing that type of framework, you're probably wasting a lot of time, and I definitely was. Uh, and then the third one is a, um, is also kind of, I'll call it, we'll, we'll talk about the Scrum document, right? The other one, um, a system by which you can have multiple people creating assets, uh, like graphic designers and videographers, influencers, uh, influencer coordinators, all this stuff, working in a, in a document that's in the cloud, Google Doc, Google Drive, that um, everyone knows what's going on and what worked and what didn't work and what the status of all this stuff is. It really created a structure where I could scale a team, a content generation team around this method methodology, as opposed to like an ad hoc system, which was what we we're doing before, where we'd have like, oh, I'd have you designer go make 10 ads and oh, I'll have the agency make 10 ads. Oh, and these influencers made some videos and there's all kind of like guess and check, throw it at a wall, see what sticks. That that was not a good methodology. Um, so your, your methodology for testing and then the system by which you, um, manage a team who does that because that's the next level right like you're doing your probably a lot of people running ads themselves maybe your marketing manager um at some point once you figure out the ads that you're going to need to build a team around it and there's um a great structure in place to do so you don't have to reinvent the wheel um, which is really key in in any growth marketing position because like once you figure out how to generate once you know how to make it rain like you're going to get promoted Right, so like you better have a system in place to be able to handle that. Others can get promoted to the, your highest level of incompetence, which unfortunately happens with a lot of people. Right? Yeah, and, and, and believe me, I, I know that absolutely. That's one of the reasons I made it to the top of everywhere. Um, <laughs> kidding. Um, no, but like I think you you brought up a really great point there, and and I think that's ultimately gets down to so much of what I value and so much of what the system is built around, and so much what I see with so many success stories from folks is that. They come in trying to figure out Facebook ads and they leave capable of being a C-level executive when it comes to growth and acquisition yeah. um, because you have all the structure and framework and documentation. And, and I think to your point, just to quote exactly what you said, you're going to get promoted really quick if you can make it rain. And if you know how to handle that job, like your path is, is you know, your, your potential is unlimited. And yeah the amount of people that I see in the program that came in, like that, that are just trying to make all that stuff work from, from, you know, I mean, I, I won't even start to ramble off people cause we won't, we'll get sidetracked, but like, it just, it, that's just such an, a, a beautiful thing. And I, I love seeing that with people and I'm, and I love that that's something too, that you've really extrapolated out of it. Um, and, and so with that, I feel just like, I'll end it with this one, just saying, thank you. You know, I really appreciate it. And it's been wonderful having you in the program and the chats that we've had. And, um, you know, I think maybe we'll, we'll see you on the, on the, on the, in the Slack at some point in time too. the post-grad stuff. Um, I, I think ultimately what I want to say is just, it's been awesome to see some of the problem solving and the, the light bulbs going off on like a weekly basis. Like, Week one, there was like an aha moment. By week three, it was like, oh, the thing's turning around. By week five, it was like, this is great. Let's just, we, we started chatting it up in our, in, in like calls, just like, this is going great. And, yeah. and um, so I've just really enjoyed that. And, and I want to say thank you to you for that. And I'll leave it sort of just with you having the last word here of just, Anything that you want to say to somebody that might be interested in it and also how people can find you if they want to, you know, work with you or talk with you or more stuff about it. Just 
I'll, I'll, I'll leave it with that yeah. and kind of let you have the last word. Yeah, it's a fantastic program. Uh, I got tremendous results out of it. And I'm really excited to see how far I can take this system. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we could take this thing up to $50 million pretty, not easily, but it's doable. And there's a clear path to it. Whereas this time last year, everyone was freaking out and there was no clear path to growth. So a uh, major, major win. So thank you for that. And yeah, highly recommend anyone sign up. Uh, if you want to contact me, uh, the best place to do it would be email me, chris at ehotleads.com, like hot leads uh, from the internet. That's what I do. Uh, or hit me up on LinkedIn. You can search for me, Chris Chong. There you go. I got you. Is that, is that Chris? Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. On the screen. Check him out. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Chris, again, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And um, I can't wait to see you again. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for sticking around for this. And, uh, yeah, if you want to know more about it, you can go to mba.facebookdisruptor.com, check out more of what we're doing. Uh, we also got, you know, if you want to just see more about the brand that we might have that 50 million potential, here's there Go Me Go Me Kids. There it is. Actually, uh, I'll tell you uh, one last thing. So your methodology did um, – allow us to become like number 700 and something on the Inc. 5,000 fast growing list. Uh, All right. I like that. From 1180 or something the year before. So up from 1180 to 700 on the Inc. 5,000. Hey, you made the Inc. 1000 list. We'll say from. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There yeah. you go. So I yeah, and maybe, maybe you you could do it too. I look forward to yeah. meeting you, whoever's watching <laughs> you know, this. <laughs> I, I'll have you know, I actually represent about five brands on that. You got five? Oh man, I was I was all happy that I was a two time winner. You got like you probably got ten ten awards. I, I, I get exposed <laughs> to a lot of things. I get exposed <laughs> to a lot of things, but yeah, I've got like the Inc. Twenty Five fastest growing in like the Midwest. Oh, nice. I got you know, I, there's a, there's a few, but nice. Either way, yeah. it, it, it works. That, that's a nice thing. Yeah, that's a nice thing. <laughs> Uh, unlike the Forbes 30 under 30, you don't buy your way onto that legitimate <laughs> uh, allocation of, uh, re of uh, respect. So thank you so much, Chris. I'll let you go. And uh, I really appreciate it, man. So until next time, I guess I'll see yep. you. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Man.